0: Good morning, church. How are you all doing? Oh, wow! The year has come so quick, and uh, it's come as a whirlwind. I must say, it wasn't long ago Tyler was standing up front here saying Happy New Year, and I feel like saying it that again because it feels so new. I feel like just hop, step, jump win twenty twenty one. And here we are, and God has seen us through. I love that song, Great is Thy Faithfulness. God has been faithful in 2020. And He's faithful now, and He will continue to be faithful with us through 2021. And it comes to say to you that every day is a good day. I heard a preacher once say, if you can see four walls, it's a good day. If you can hug your kids and s- hello to your spouse, it's a good day. But if you're in a box and has flowers in it on top, it's a bad day. So you've got to be grateful for every day is a good day, right? And uh, we've got to be thankful. I, I, I think you should say amen to that. Because God has seen us faithful. This week has been a, a bit of a rough week for me. On Tuesday, I received the message I lost my grand uncle back home. He passed away, sadly, just a quick illness and he is resting in the Lord right now. And um, thinking it gets any better, this morning I get a call from my mum, And my sister was involved in a fatal accident last night. And she's in ICU and trying to recover through. And um, yeah, I'm praying that you pray for me because it kind of like shaken me a little bit. But I know I'm going to get through. You're going to pray for me, right? That's it. That's it. My wife told me to, put it, to get it all together. So I've got no option right now. So I just want to give thanks to uh, the leadership team and uh, for the opportunity to share this morning. And I also want to thank the worship team, the tech team. I must say, there's a lot that happens behind the scenes. And sometimes we take it for granted, but everything happens here. And sometimes we think, yeah, it should work out like that. But these guys do a great job behind the scenes. So a special mention to them. Thank you. Thank you. And, um, you know, sometimes you watch, you check things on Facebook, and I saw something. I know you're walking in, Karen, but yeah, happy birthday for this week. (laughs) It was her birthday. And, uh, yes. Um, everybody's going through good times, but, um, I just want to say before I could sit here, uh, stand here and preach, I was speaking to one of the members, Brenda, she's out there. She runs the guest services. She says to me, the Lord has a message for you. And I said, um, don't shoot the messenger. She said, "No, nah, we don't shoot messengers in here. So I hope you don't shoot the messenger this morning <laughs> because there's a word from the Lord this morning. I remember when I was working with my grandfather, my grandfather was a peasant farmer. That means everything that he worked for was sweat and blood. And one time I saw him, he was getting water from the borehole, filling his buckets and walking about a few meters away to water his garden. And he did that a several times. And I was just sitting there minding my own business. And he stopped and looked at me and said, boy, don't just sit there. Help me with this weight. And this morning, I just want to say to you, I've got a weight on my shoulders. And I'm praying that you won't just sit there, but just pray for me and help me unload this weight. If you would, if you could turn your Bibles to 2 Corinthians chapter 11. 2 Corinthians, sorry, chapter 12, verse 7 down through 10. I'm going to read from the King James Version. You can read it silently in your own Bibles that you have. And this is the word of the Lord. And lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelation, there was a thorn in the flesh. The messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. For this thing I besought the Lord three times, that it might depart from me. And he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. For my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, I would rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in necessities, in needs and persecutions, in distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. This morning, I've entitled the message... I have a thorn, God help me. I want you to say that. Say, I have a thorn, God help me. Maybe look at your neighbor beside you and say, I have a thorn, God help me. Let's bow our heads as we pray. Dear Lord in heaven, it is now your time. It is not me, but it's with you that we are here. So I pray that you hide me behind the cross. I pray that you comfort the disturbed and disturb the comfortable. And may your glory be revealed in my witness this morning. In Jesus' name I do pray, amen. As I look through the Bible, you look through the Old Testament, you have heroes of our faith. You look at Abraham, you look at Moses, you look at Joshua, you look at Daniel. But as I look through the New Testament, The hero of my faith for me is Paul. That's why if there ever was a preacher, it was Paul. Paul could preach. If there ever was a powerful advocate of the gospel, Paul was one of them. Paul preached, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, For it is the power unto salvation. If there ever was a preacher, it was Paul. He said powerful things like, All things work together for good to them that love God and those who are called according to his purpose. Paul was a preacher. And if there ever was a preacher, I think Paul was one of them. He said, I am persuaded. That neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come, he said, height, depth, no other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God. Paul was a preacher, but behind every powerful preacher, behind every powerful member within the church, there is a sordid past. Paul was not always the powerful preacher. Paul was Saul. All of us here was something before God called us to our church. Before God called us to the ministries that we are in right now. Saul having held the coats of those who stoned Stephen. And now with the taste of blood on his tongue, he goes out to now be a persecutor of God's church. To stamp out the influenza of the Christian movement, he was so dedicated to the institution that he believed that its values and the will of God had become synonymous. So he thought he was doing God's will, but he was just being a good conference I'm sorry, I mean, a good synagogue worker, because he had mixed up God's will with the institution's will. And that he had gone down that wrong path, thinking he was doing God's will. But I thank God today, that when I am going on that wrong path, thinking that I'm doing God's will, the God will stop me on my path. And he will knock me off my high horse. And he will take away my sight. And he will call me to him. The Bible says that Paul now receives his sight, but then he gets a a deeper spiritual insight, and now he begins to preach. This one who was once against God uh, and against his church is now for God. And the Bible says that Paul raises up churches. He writes the majority of the New Testament. If there ever was a preacher... Friends, it was Paul, but Paul had a problem. Are we together? Paul could explain the scriptures, but he has a problem. Paul can debate with the best of the Ammar's hill, but he has a problem. Paul's problem is his pain. So then I ask God to take away this thing. But I've got to preach with it this morning. Have you ever had to preach or come to church in pain? I never knew that um, being a Christian could be so painful. I remember when I was coming out in my early days at Griffith University, I had a professor by the name of Professor Akimov. He was a Russian professor. And he will say to us before we started every lecture or tutorial, he will say, if there's anything else that you could do or would do, leave the classroom and do it now. And maybe he was signaling that there is a pain that comes with every decision that you have to make in your life. I never knew that when I signed up for Christianity, this was what I was signing up for. And maybe I'm the only one who wrestles with this, who wrestles with this pain. But I'm going to explain to you further. Um, when, when I was dating my wife, uh, my girlfriend then now, she's my wife, we used to have what we call bucket lists. And um, we will fill each other's buckets. And one time she decided to surprise me uh, on my 26th birthday, which was a couple of years ago. Um, And so I was going for a skydiving surprise. And um, she had done all the legwork. All I had to do was turn up to the place and uh, verify myself and get on on this journey and jump and get on a perfectly working plane and jump out of it. But one of the things that they asked me to, to do was just to fill in some few documents. One of the documents that they asked me to fill was what we call a death waiver. I ask them, why are you asking me to sign this death waiver? They say, well, we're asking you to sign this death waiver because you are volunteering to go on this journey. And in the event of your unfortunate and untimely demise, we need you to sign this death waiver that says your family has no right to sue us for this voluntary journey that you are about to take. Ha, let me help you that when you sign up for Christianity, when you sign up for this, you sign a death waiver. Just in case you lose your life, in the event of your unfortunate and untimely demise, you won't be able to hold God into your own thoughts and say, God, you didn't tell me about this. We preach in pain. We sing in pain. We sit in our pews in pain. And sometimes, um, to deal with our pain, we try and run and get out of our pain, right? You thought if I could um, get rid of these pain-filled, painful people on my church board and take them through a good, effective, nominating process, I can vote the pain off the board. You thought if I could um, move to a bigger church and leave these small-minded, small district people, I can move out of my pain. You thought if I could change maybe my leadership tactics and go through a visioning process, maybe they'll see the big picture and I can vision myself out of pain. But do I have some witnesses here that know that you have transferred to another church? You have moved to another district. You have changed your ministry tactics. But the pain is still there. Check the membership role. And you will discover that those folks did not come to your church. They did not transfer to your district. So why is the pain still there? Check the membership role and you will discover that there is a common denominator. There is a name on the role that was in your last church. That is in your current church. And the name on that role was you. Because the pain was not in the church. The pain was in you. Paul calls it a thorn. And every member, every leader, every pastor has a thorn. I've got a thorn. You've got your thorn. All God's people have got a thorn. And if you're going to preach, if you're going to sing, if you're going to lead, you've got to do it in the context of your thorn. My thorn doesn't look like your thorn. We can have the same size ministries. We can have the same size church and still have a different looking thorn. The thorn is personal. It is customized. It is tailor-made for me. Listen, it is deeply personal. So much if you ask me, how is your ministry going? How is your church going? I will try and answer in the context of my thorn. I will try and say, everything is going well. But if you look deeper in the preacher's heart, you will discover that there is a pain in his heart. I came to this pulpit this morning with that pain. It is personal. It's also persistent. That's the problem here is that Paul says, I've asked God how many times? Three times. God, take this from me. But it's persistent. Now, it's one thing to be in pain. It's another thing to be in pain too long. Are we together? It's not just a bad day or a bad week. Or a bad month. Paul calls it a season. It's not just even a season. he's saying it's living in me. It's part of my ministry. Take this from me, but it's persistent. But here's what I really struggle with. Pastor Mike, he says, what I really struggle with is that the pain is personal, and that the pain is persistent, but the pain is permitted. By the same God who called me to my ministry. And I would figure why wouldn't he make it a little bit easier for me to be able to sing this gospel. For me to be able to preach this gospel. And Paul seemingly when you look at the text. Paul's, Paul's problem is his pain. But I came here to let you know that the pain is not the problem. The pain is to address and make him aware Of the real problem. That God permits the pain he says. Because if it were not for this thorn. I would become too exalted. If it were not for this pain. My ministry that I dispense to others. Would get to my head and I would lose my soul that the pain has a purpose, that the pain is not the problem, but the pain is here to deal with my problem. Hear me, church. The biggest enemy facing the Adventist church today is not the devil. Yes, to some degree, but the greatest enemy facing the church is our pride. We are too worried about exalting self, Our comparison and competition is the spirit in which sometimes we attend God's services. That we are always striving to be the best. But God says, I fixed it. God says, I put a thorn in your flesh. I'm just going to be real this morning. Can I talk? I've got a thorn. My thorn is the the nagging doubts that I will never measure up. I've got a thorn, the pain of never being good enough. Listen, I carried my thorn into this pulpit because while I was preparing, God rebuked me and said, Charles, you're focusing on your runs and your illustrations. You want the people to think and know that you can sing. You think that you can preach. But Charles, it's not about you. I've got a thorn. And you might have your thorn. Oh, God's people, have got a thorn. And listen, friends, and the enemy does not have to kill preachers. He does not have to destroy the elders. He does not have to destroy any leaders within our church. He doesn't mind you preaching. He doesn't mind you singing. He doesn't mind you singing each every week. All he cares about is that when you pastor, when you preach, when you sing, when you lead, when you sit in the pew every Sabbath morning, you're doing it all for the wrong reasons. And I've got this on. Paul says, I want you to take it out of me. And maybe I'm the only one here who's got this nagging thing. Paul says, it's here to to buffet me. He says, it's here to to harass me. This word, to buffet, to harass, in the Greek, this word actually means a closed-fisted punch in the face. And maybe you don't have this, but I know some preachers and some members who can identify this with me. When that thorn starts acting up, I would call it thornitis, the inflammation of your own ego. When somebody else is preaching and um, your thorn starts acting up. And you begin to say to yourself, man, they never invited me to preach. That thorn is acting up. When you hear about the guy or the lady who got the job you wanted and the thorn starts acting up and you begin to say to yourself, "Um, how come the folks don't see my gifts? How come they don't recognize what I'm doing? Does anybody care about? So we come here with the mask on our face because we're trying to hide the fact that there's a thorn in our flesh. And God told me to come down and tell some people this morning that you've got to understand. Hear me, hear me. I can preach, and I can sing, but when we start telling ourselves that it's all about us, then God is lost somewhere in the midst of our egotism. But God says, I fixed it. God says, I've got something for my preachers. God says, I've got something for my elders. Because I don't know if it happens to you, but every now and then, God puts this feeling of inadequacy. He puts this feeling of insufficiency. He keeps putting this thing that tells you that it's not about you. Sometimes he puts a thorn in our flesh because he says, I am the core of the whole thing. I am here to show you that the thorn is not here to deal with your problem, but to tell you that I'm here to save you. So he will give a thorn to every member. He will give a thorn to every administrator. He will give a thorn to every leader within the church because you might get to the position that you are in and forgot that God who gave you his glory. But the message has to be preached. Sometimes I ask Jesus to take this from me. I asked Jesus to take to rescue me from my own success. Uh, Sometimes the pulpit is my thorn. Sometimes the number of perfect songs is my thorn. I'm just going to be vulnerable right now. Sometimes the numbers baptized maybe is your thorn. But look at the text. We've got it all mixed up. We've got it all mixed up. When's the last time you read Paul's resume? Have you read Paul's resume? Because it doesn't look like our resume. Look there in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 23. 2 Corinthians 11, verse 23, he says, Are they ministers of Christ? I speak as a fool. I am more in labors, more abundant. In stripes, above measure. In prisons, more frequent. In depths, oft. Of the Jews, five times I received 40 stripes minus one. Three times I was bitten with rods, once I was stoned, three times I suffered a shipwreck, a night and a day I've been in the deep, in journeys in often, in perils of waters, in perils of robbers, in perils of my own countrymen, in perils of heathen, in perils in the city, in perils in the wilderness, in perils in the sea, he says, This is my resume, in perils amongst my own foes, brethren in weariness and toil in sleeplessness often in hunger and thirst in fastings often in cold and nakedness besides the other things which comes upon me daily when's the last time you had a preacher or a singer introduced by their failures we measure our ministry by our stars but paul measures his ministry by his scars I dare you the next time, maybe to send in a resume to your, to your pastor or to your conference president to put down there that I was, huh, ran out of another church because I told the truth. I was run out of another church because I held somebody accountable. I was run out of another church because I, told, I preached the good news of the gospel. I, ran, I failed at running my leadership teams. I ran a meeting and I baptized zero. And I'm proud of it because I did what God told me to do. And if the increase did not come, it was not because of me. I was faithful to the task. So he will give a thorn to every member. He will give a thorn to every leader. He will give a thorn to every administrator because you will get to that place where you are and forget the God who gave you that Glory. But before we get to the end of the message, here's what I'm going to leave you with this. This word thorn is also translated, hear me, as a stake which you stake in the ground. If you've missed everything in the sermon, hopefully you get this part. It is a language used for pitching a tent. The text says, God gets the glory in my witness so that he can rest on me. In the Greek, episkos, which means so that he can pitch a tent. Wait just one moment. He says the stake is the thorn that makes Jesus not just visit me in my ministry, not just visit me in the pulpit, but makes Jesus stay with me. So he says, I need the thorn, because if he removed it, I would be prone to wonder, and I would be prone to leave this God that I love. Somebody here this morning got to praise God for the thorn. My ministry, my my prayer in my ministry right now and today going forward is that God don't take away the thorn. Nail me down, or I'll lose my soul over my ministry. Nail me down or I'll lose my family over my ministry. Nail me down or I'll lose my church over my ministry. God don't take away the thorn. The thorn is my salvation. So I've got a thorn and you might have your thorn. All God's people have got a thorn. So you better preach with your thorn. You better sing with your thorn. Maybe let them call the conference on you. Preach anyway. And and, and he's saying I'm here to save you, not to leave you alone. But as we close right now, I just want to say, if you are tired of being deep in being so preoccupied by the things of this church, tired of being deep in being so preoccupied with leading and focusing on things that are not focusing on God you may have a thorn or maybe you may have one and you're not aware of it but the greatest enemy to our ministry is our dependence on self this is my coming out party This is my confession. I'm tired of measuring my success by comparing it with yours. That will kill you. If anybody understands here, God put the thorn in your flesh. Because he's more concerned about your eternal salvation than he is your present comfort. If anybody understands, God wants to save you this morning. Don't ask God to take it out. Because if he removes that feeling of inadequacy, you will lose your soul. If you start thinking you can't lead that ministry group. If you start thinking you can't get along with people. If you start thinking you can't leave with people you will lose your soul. God has a purpose. The thorn is one thing that you need to live on. Don't ask God to take it out because it's there to save you. If you start believing the press, the most dangerous places in in this place is the receiving line at the door. When you know when God When people started shouting, raising their hands as you sang, and God told you to retreat and go and pray, but you went and stood at the door to get the acclamation of the people so that your ego could be filled. We're gonna pray. We're gonna pray. But if it is your prayer this morning, that Lord, I haven't been willing to allow you to invade my space. I've run away in my life and have tended to do things my own way. I've resisted when you have imposed issues, people, things, situations on me. I've not always done the right thing. But as we're moving to a greater extent in our church, as we're moving into the next phase in our lives, God is not going to be choosy about who he's going to send. So send me. Here I am. God says, hear the broken, take care of them. He are the homeless, feed them. He are the broken, put them together. Till I return. And oh, what a return that will be. Because he doesn't promise nothing. But the promise is a crown. Not a crown of thorns. A crown of stars. Not about what you have done. But how far you have gone. So friends, it's not about how you start the journey. The issue here is, how do you finish the race? The choice is yours. We are walking the way. What way are you walking? So I'm going to ask you to stand right now. And I'm going to pray that God helps us that with the thorns that we go through, the trials that we face, the hardships that we go through, the struggles that we go through, they are not our problems. The thorns that we face, God is in control. So let's pray. Father, Father, I know we haven't been willing sometimes to allow you to invade our privacy. And sometimes we've tried to run things our own way. We've got things that we're struggling with. We're struggling with these things and we're saying, God, take it away. But we ask you today that you leave the thorn because the thorn is our salvation. But the promise of the word today, as you said, my grace is sufficient. So we thank you for the grace. We praise you for the thorn. And as we face a new week ahead of us, allow your grace to be sufficient in our lives today. That as we move to the next phase in this church, as we grow together in this church, that we bind each other with codes that cannot be broken. I'm broken right now, dear Lord. Help me. Carry me till that time when you shall come. Amen.